Welcome to the Embracing the Bull podcast, where we discuss all things leadership, psychology, emotions, and current events. We promise to bring you real, powerful, and impactful content each and every month. I'm Mike McKelvey, the bull himself, and it is my honor to host this show with you. Today, we're going to discuss the five love languages, and we're excited to bring you topics that maybe you've not heard before, concepts to challenge your personal growth and limiting belief. In the studio with me today is my beautiful wife, Cynthia McKelvey, Liana Davis, and Joshua Smith, the stud himself. So let's go ahead and jump right into the content today, guys. We're discussing the five love languages. Uh, Ever since I ran into the five love languages and found them and read the books and and began to understand the concepts, it has helped me a lot, uh, not just to understand me, but to look at those who I am in relationship with and how to speak these love languages so they feel more loved or most loved. The five love languages are the different ways of expressing and receiving love. And and what I learned with this is just because I speak a certain love language and that's the way I like to express love, it doesn't necessarily mean that the person felt loved because I expressed my love the way I expressed. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. What would you guys want to say about that? Um, I'd say, I know for me, I'm not always the most people-oriented person. So I'll be like, someone be like, hey, we haven't hung out in a while. I'd be like, yeah, but we saw each other at church. For most people, it's like seeing somebody for a few minutes without really spending that time with them is not going to be enough to let them feel loved. So I could feel loved in a situation, and in the same way, I can be with a person and they not feel loved and kind of understanding that if I'm focusing on their needs, it's not just about what I felt in the moment. What did they feel as well? Yeah, so you're, you're pretty much addressing quality time. Yeah. And here's what I learned about this stuff too is that There's degrees of the level in which you are a love language. So let's just say you're 100% quality time or quality time is really, really high for you. Then you need a lot of time and a lot of attention from a person. Whereas maybe you do have a love language that is quality time, but you only need about 15 minutes and you feel loved in that. Right. As long as it's 15 minutes of undivided attention. Right like main focus, then that's good enough. That fills my tank. <laughs> so, so let's one of you go through. Give us the five love languages and let's begin to break them down and then we'll go through and look at each of us in the room as to kind of what our primary love languages are. Well, the five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, gifts, and physical touch. Okay. Now, I guess there's different ways to show all those. And people actually want them in different ways. Not everybody that wants a gift may want it the same way. Like some people may want gifts, but it has to be something like super special, like you made it or you had it made for them or something along the lines. And then there are other people who just want all the gifts all the time, um, just because it shows them that they're important to you. Um, Some people want acts of service, very specifically, like I want you to help me with this project. And some people just want you to do all the things for them. And I think it also changes in like setting. Yes, so for sure. 
for me personally, I, acts of service is my number one. So at home, I appreciate when like the dishes are done, like laundry, things like that. But at work, I'd rather you not do my tests so I can make sure that it's done correctly. Or like um, physical touches like in the middle for me at work, you don't have to give me a hug. Words of affirmation are higher at work for me, telling me that was helpful, that was a good job. But at home, hug me. Like hold my hand, give me a kiss. Like it's different per person, per situation, per So I, Yeah, so I, I feel like you just threw a curveball in there because <laughs> you said that you have specific love languages, but at work they're different. Mm-hmm. So is there a work person and a home person? I mean, do we have home personalities and at work personalities? Do we have traits in which we act differently at home versus work? And why would a person not be the same person at home that they are at work? I think it's relationship dynamics, like just setting, like work is more professional. So to me, like a hug doesn't seem as professional as it coming from like my husband or like family or friends. But it also depends on the relationship. Like if I have a, a friend who gives me a hug when we greet or something like that, that's different. But it's just dependent on the relationship and what is going on. So acts of service, let's say, is your number one at home. But words of affirmation would be your number one at work. But what if someone brought you your special favorite coffee they thought about you, so it's technically an act of service, but it's a gift, and it's an affirmation that they appreciate you. Yeah, I would still be like, wow, that's great, thanks. Like, I would still be appreciative of that and feel thought of and appreciated that, I, that they saw me, and then they thought of me and showed that to me through a coffee. Gotcha. All right, so there's a website uh, that people can go to take this test online, the five love languages. You can just Google search it or Yahoo or whatever your search engine is. So, Josh, let's go through your results. Tell us, like, what you scored, what your process of going through this test was, and then what your your number one, number two uh, love languages are. So my number one and number two were acts of service and physical touch. And the way that I was reading through the test was – I was pretty much creating scenarios in my mind. And I realized that most of the scenarios, my answers were kind of geared towards somebody helping me to move my life forward. So something like if I have a dish after lunch and somebody grabs it and cleans it for me, like it's a small thing that takes 30 seconds, but that's huge for me. Like, believe it or not, somebody doing a dish real quick or making a meal can mean more to me than a $300 gift. Because for me, it's like you're helping me to move my life forward. So that's why I kind of had acts of service at the top. At the bottom, I had words of affirmation. I don't know it's because I think for me personally, I don't talk very much compared to other people. So it's like I really appreciate words, but I'm not always necessarily in conversations. Like I don't mind sitting in my office, working alone, being home by myself. So I think it's almost like my more introverted traits are kind of influencing how I'm answering the love languages. But like Liana said, depending on my closeness with somebody, and I think with what she was saying, for me, it's how secure do I feel is going to change how I interact with my love languages a little bit. For somebody that I'm really close with, words of affirmation is not going to be 0%. If my best friend tells me that I did great or you as my leader told me that I did great speaking, it's going to mean something to me. 
even though I scored 0% on this test. So how I feel, how safe I feel with the person does influence where my answers would fall on this spectrum. Gotcha. So there are some, there are some ways to communicate acts of service, right? Using, using language like, I'd like to help you with that, or I'd like to partner with you, or how can I best help you? These words mean something to a person who is an act of service. So uh, Josh is also a vocabularist or a, a wordist, right? So maybe words of affirmation aren't high, but the words that are used to communicate what is being said is important to you. You hang on words and you go over words. So for someone to communicate an act of service to you also in words would mean more. Uh, they can do chores for you, cook for you, clean your, your, your plate up for you, get you a cup of coffee. That kind of act of service is something that means the most to you. Yes, and like going, going off of words, if somebody offers to do something, but I still end up doing it, they still get the act of service points because hmm. they were at least offering to do it. You could say, hey, I'll mop that up. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I got it. You're still getting points in my mind because you offered the act of service, wow. even though I ended up doing it still. Wow, that's good. All right, Leanna, let's go through your scores. So for me, acts of service was my top one with 37% and quality time at 27%. So like Josh said, acts of service, it may not actually be doing the task, but at least offering. To me, it's you saw that that's something that I do. So you saw me taking care of something and was like, oh, let me help. Let me take that off of your plate. So it's kind of like with the quality time, by you taking the task of laundry off of my hands, you have freed up my time for us to have quality time together now. So it's kind of like a two for one for me. It's like you're taking pressure off of me, freeing up my time, but then I can show you love in another way for you. So we're hoping your husband's listening to this right now. Is that what you're saying? So he gets some, some key insight here as to how to get that quality time. Yeah. No, he's good. He's good. He gets it. Now, now for women, let's talk about this. Does quality time equate to intimacy? No. <laughs> Sorry, babe. So the guy is going to do this act of service to get touched. Physical touch. <laughs> and by physical touch, we're not talking like holding hands, walking through the mall. Like we're talking like the dude did the act of service because it's your love language so that he could have intimacy in the bedroom. And then you're like, can we just talk? Well, the whole point to the love languages is to show the person how they like to be loved, not for you. But it's that's like, not how men work. But <laughs> it's like giving a gift. When you give a gift, you're not supposed to give it with strings attached. Like here, I gave you this so that I can get X, Y, Z. Otherwise, don't give me the gift. Right. So can <laughs> we all got to understand this, that men have to try to figure out women and how to get what they want from women. Right. So, I mean, let's just say it what it is. All right. So like the guy will do the act of service, the quality time, the gift giving, the words of affirmation. He'll do it all. They get the physical touch. But we're not just talking about holding hands. Like he wants intimacy. How, how does he do this? You have to be patient. Dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see patience in the list. <laughs> <laughs> I'll think about it this way. From a woman's perspective, 
Especially if you've already been in a relationship for an extended period of time, you have kids. Um, you're always doing stuff. There's your day is like constant going, going, going. So let's say we're on the couch and we're cuddling for my love language. Cuddling doesn't mean two minutes. Like I want to be relaxed. So if you cuddle me for two minutes and then your hands start wandering, now I'm just aggravated because I never got to relax <laughs> versus like, let me actually, when you feel me actually relax and snuggle into you, now's maybe the time that you could start mo putting your moves on me as opposed to two seconds after I laid on the couch. All right. So let's go ahead. Let's go through your love languages. Let's see what you scored. All right. So I took the test years ago and then I took it again um, last week to just check it up. And I was actually a little bit surprised of my love languages. My first one being physical touch and then my second one being quality time. But they were very close together in percentage wise. Um, the reason why I was surprised with physical touch is because I'm a bit of an introvert, so a lot of times I am just like on the other couch, kind of minding my own business type thing. But I realized that it does have to do with the whole, it doesn't have to lead to sex thing. Like, to me, yes, it means it does. more. <laughs> it doesn't. To me, it means more when I'm like washing the dishes and he comes up behind me and kisses my neck for no reason and then Which walks away. Which leads to sex. <laughs> Not while I'm washing the dishes, it doesn't. So. <laughs> It can. <laughs> Why can't it? Because we have three kids roaming around the house. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oculus. Yeah. <laughs> Send them to their bedroom. We'll close the door. But it does make sense because I'm sometimes at my happiest when our eight-year-old is just snuggling next to me, touching me. I guess I like the physical touch when it's about me. Because I know you tend to be physical touch, but you want me touching you, like rubbing your feet and rubbing your legs, which I enjoy. But at the same time, there comes a point where I'm like, well, who's rubbing my legs? <laughs> you know, like I just want to be snuggled. Um, <clears throat> but then that one goes to quality time, which I think that's why my physical touch is that way, because I want it to be quality versus just touch. Yeah. I think if any of your love tanks are empty it will offset even your love language. Yes. So if your primary love tank is empty, let's say it is quality time, then when touch comes along, it can't lead to what the expected or the desired outcome would be because the other love tank is empty and it's going to take the time, the quality Correct. time to fill that love tank up before there's this connection, romance, intimacy, to make that all work. And I'm going to say, I think both of those are BS for you. <laughs> I don't think your love language is either act, uh, quality time or touch. I think your love language is food. Because yes. if you don't get food, none of the other stuff matters. It could be physical touch. It could be quality time. It could be a million dollars. Like, where's my penny? Well, I mean, we've had this conversation before, and I do feel that there should be a sixth love language of food because food encompasses everything. Most cultures actually revolve kind of around food and the dinner table in the kitchen. So you like quality time? It's like, let's go out for a taco. You taco? Want, you, want, <laughs> you want an ax or service? It's more like, honey, I made you a taco. You know, like you can literally put food in any one of those love languages and it come out all right. Yeah. 
Now, now, as much as I love the love languages, as a whole, it could be somewhat BS. Because I feel like I'm all 25 love languages <laughs> every day. Like I go through, like I couldn't honestly pick out one of these things. So like for me, I'm a communicator. I'll do a conference. I'll, I'll, I'll be in a, a stage. And when I'm done speaking, I'll come down and a person will tell me, man, that was the greatest uh, sermon or speech I've ever heard. And if that person doesn't actually know what it takes to put something like that together, their words really don't mean a whole lot to me. Like they don't really understand that that took me 12 hours to put that together. They're picking out one point. So like that word of affirmation didn't mean a whole lot to me. Physical touch. If I'm in the middle of writing something or I'm, I'm in the middle of working on a vehicle or something like that, and I'm kind of sweaty and I'm in the focus, don't touch me. Right. Um, receiving gifts, receiving gifts is a hard one. I like getting gifts, but it has to be a gift that like wows me. If it's a gift that like I could have gone and bought that myself and was no thought, no big deal. Quality time is a hard one for me too, because for me, I want uninterrupted. So like if I'm telling a story or, or I'm doing something like I want all the attention, but then again, I also don't need like three hours of alone time in order to be romantic. Like, yo, you give me a good 45 minutes of romance. We good. Like I'm set for the whole day. So like Cindy and I, we went on vacation and and we thought we were going we to do this like romantic vacation, right? We, we went to this resort. It's just the two of us. We're in a secluded area, right? And like after like a couple hours, we we're like, this is a little boring. boring. <laughs> Let's, can we go like be around people? Yeah. Can we go do something? Can we go hang out? So like as much as I like quality time, I don't know that it's quality time as much as I crave attention. And I don't crave attention from just one person. I crave it from like, everybody because I'm in front of people a lot. And then acts of service, acts of service are good if you can do it better than me. What, that's what you're gonna say? Yeah, that's what I feel like at work. Like I don't want you to take it off my plate to just alleviate my time, but then I gotta go and correct it. Or I'm gonna sit there and be like, eh, I could have done this better. But thanks, I know it can sound a little mean, but <laughs> sorry. But at work there's a consequence <laughs> if it's not done to your standards. Yeah. Where at home, if the dishes aren't done just right, it may be like, ugh, but it's not a big deal. Like one dish I got to go back and fix. Yeah. Just do the whole load again. Mm -hmm. So would that like, does that, does that now bring in a whole nother component of either perfectionism or control? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to be grateful for what the person is trying to express to you. Like, you don't want to be so critical that it's like, they're like, what's the point if I'm just going to be told that this isn't good enough? So it's a balance for both parties to be like, okay, if I am acts of service and I'm saying that I would like your help, then I'm going to have to be okay with what you can do for me. So it's kind of like, if that's how I'm going to receive love, maybe my standard of excellence will just drop a little bit <laughs> just so that. They see that I see that they see me. <laughs> Let me say, I don't think your standard needs to drop. I think it's almost like your compassion needs to rise in a sense. Because when a three-year-old sweeps the floor for you, it's horrible. But it's amazing 
because we have so much compassion for kids, I feel like as people, as we get older, we kind of have our expectations go up, but our compassion for people kind of drops. So I think like in those situations, it's almost like focus on, it's like, what are you focusing on? Because you can focus on how it was done or you can focus more energy on what the heartbeat behind it was. I think what you focus on is going to determine how you feel. Like with kids, it's like, oh my gosh, that's the best picture. That picture ugly. Horrible. <laughs> I was going to say, if my kid's sweeping a floor and they're making it bad, I'll slap him in the back of the head and be like, you stupid idiot. That's the no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go to your room. <laughs> Unspread that better, respread it, because that's bad Dear too. God. But it's true. Yeah. It's like, how do we, do we look at people from a point of compassion or just like of these expectations that aren't met? That's very true. But as we heard in the last podcast, I'm a low compassionate female. So, <laughs> whoop, there it is. <laughs> so, has anybody got any tips if someone's trying to either decode their spouse or loved one, or they're in a relationship of any kind, even a work relationship where maybe they're being frustrated? How can we, let's go through each of these and kind of say, how can they communicate or express their love language? And how can they identify what fills their, you know, I think maybe that's the key is like most people don't know themselves and they don't know what fills their love tank. So their spouses or their loved one is speaking their own personal love language and they're expressing it, but they're not receiving what they need. Can any one of you guys give some tips? Like what, what can happen? What can people do? Well, I think part of it's just communication. I mean, if you can... We've learned over the years through lots of, you know, bumps and mistakes and <laughs> trying to figure it out. Um, over communicating is better than not communicating. Um, sometimes you just need to ask, like, how, what is your love language? Read the book together. Like, you don't even have to read the book these days. You can just go on the website and take the test for free. You know, how do you feel most loved when we're together? And then actually listen to what they're saying and try to do it in their way. So, so let's talk about that for a second. You said over-communicate. So I, I think for our listeners, some of the hardest thing is going to be is being emotionally stable enough and emotionally intelligent enough, emotionally secure enough to hear things that you don't want to hear. And, and that's part of the over-communicating, right? Like fully saying what you're feeling, what is aggravating, what is true to you, even if that's not the truth to somebody else, to come to a place where we're understanding each other. We're so, we're so stuck in our own truth about ourselves and about what's right and about the way that we're coming off that we don't really take the time to hear the hard conversations coming back to say, but that's not what I'm hearing. That's not what I'm feeling. That's not what's being expressed to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important not to invalidate somebody else's feelings because even if you don't agree with them, it's still their feelings. Even if it's, it's offensive. Yeah, for sure. And I think we also have to take into consideration that you can't lose your love language per se, but in a way it's almost like you do. Because if you've been in a relationship, whether with the person that you're with or just even the way that you grew up and your love language was constantly used either against you or neglected, you'll get to the point where you won't put yourself out there because you don't want to get hurt again. Yeah. So let me jump on that. Parents, if you see that your child's love language is physical touch, do not spank them. 
You are literally using their love language as a form of discipline. If their love language is quality time, don't send them to their room all by themselves. Draw them closer to you, right? Have that intentional conversation of why what they did was wrong, but use their love language for good, draw them into you and lead into correction. So parents, man, there's, there's some great books on the five love languages for children, understanding it, your kids, identifying it early and, and making sure that you don't wound and, and scar their love tanks and pop holes all in it. Yeah, agreed. And I think that, um, if you're at the point where you're, you know, trying to work on yourself, you're trying to get healthy, maybe you're trying to work on your relationship, you're going to have to have that patience and that commitment to get there. Because if the love tanks are at zero, it's going to take a while for that person to feel comfortable enough to be able to put themselves out there. You know, if they're quality time and you always didn't want to talk to them or you invalidated whatever they said, you kind of belittled them. They're not going to talk to you, even if that's what they want to do, because they're concerned, they're afraid that you're going to make them feel that way again. If you never want to be touched, you're probably not going to get touched, even though that's what they really want to do. Yeah, that's good. Anybody else have any final thoughts on how to improve, how to discern, how to decide, find out these love languages and express them? Um, As almost a under like a foundation for love languages when you guys were talking about the how food should be a love language <laughs> it made me think of maslow's hierarchy of needs which is kind of what things do we need at the base level before we move to the next so the first one is your physiological needs so that your body's taken care of that you're healthy and also that you have clothing are we talking about sex technically yes okay it thank god just want to make need. sure that you're on the, <laughs> yes. reading your bible and understanding <laughs> <laughs> It's like those things. And then the very next one is safety. The next one above that is the love needs. Mm. So if somebody does not feel safe or they're not physically taken care of, love's not even a conversation the way that we are wired. So it's like if you're with someone that doesn't feel safe around you, you can try all day to do the love languages. Like you're saying, they're going to be so closed off to anything to protect themselves. So are you able to establish that you're physically taken care of as well as that somebody feels safe around you before moving on to that next level. Yeah, and defining safety doesn't mean that this person feels like their house is going to be broken in and robbed. Correct. Are they emotional safe? Are they intelligently safe? Yeah. Are right. they physically safe? Can they, is it safe to have a conversation that they don't agree? So l- l- let me break that down. Uh, Cindy and I would have these arguments like every Sunday after church, because she'd want to go down to her parents' house. And I was tired after leading sometimes three services, uh, church services on a weekend. And it got to the point where I was like angered every time she would ask me. And she knew that I was angered every time she asked me. So it created an unsafe approach for her to come talk to me about going to see her parents. And so that became very, very awkward every single Sunday for her to kind of make an approach to me. So then it kind of got to the point where it just kind of be a text message instead of even a conversation because it wasn't safe. Yeah. No, I I didn't want to hear. Actually, he never like got nasty with me, but he got the face. And the reality was I didn't want to see the face. 
So I would just wait till he was out of the room and I'd shoot him a text message. <laughs> because it wasn't that he didn't want to hang out with my family. It was like, does it have to be every Sunday? But Sunday was the day that they all got together. So like if we went on Saturday, I would miss 90% of my family. So that kind of was our attention there. I mean, you know, listen, not everybody has 150 <laughs> brothers and sisters that they have to go see all on the same day. Listen, all right. We were just a total of 18. Okay. <laughs> total of all right. I hope this uh, I hope this podcast was helpful to you guys. Again, we do not intend on any of this being a full scale teaching. We just want to you know, tickle your brain and your mind to begin to think a little bit different about how we're acting, what our emotions are like, how we can connect with others, how we can be emotionally healthy uh, in our lives. We will keep you up to date as to what our next podcast is going to be about. We enjoyed this today. Anybody got any final thoughts as before we head out? Go on the website and take your test. Find out what your love language is. Fivelovelanguages.com. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> We could have just totally made that up, but there should be a fivelovelanguages.com. We will see you next month on the Embracing the Bull podcast. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.